0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. As always, I am Scarlett, and I'm one of your animates. And joining me today in lieu of our regular animate, Katie, is this show's producer and social media manager, Rachel. Say hello to everyone, Rachel. Hi. Hi,
1: everyone. It's it's great to finally come on and step out from behind my Photoshop window. That's where I spend most of my time. uh, I suppose, as my friends have also lovingly dubbed me, I am the chaos correspondent on this show. <laughs> as today,
0: yeah, yeah, apparently I'm the chaos correspondent. I'm, I'm, all, um, I'm already regretting this.
1: <laughs> absolutely, you should be. This is going okay. to be a trend. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so it, in addition to also being a film school graduate, I have an eye for the chaotic aspects of film, as some might say. I am drawn toward things that don't make any sense, and that really probably shouldn't exist, but they do, because I find great joy in them. So today, I plan to bring everyone on a journey through the halls of Baby Corp, as I will be talking about the Boss Baby franchise, in excruciating detail.
0: So Um, much over I have watched
1: so much of the boss baby in the last like two weeks i really i need see I, full disclosure i did not make it all the way through the show because there is a movie and then a four part there's the first movie there's a four season netflix show with like 50 episodes and then they also did a like banderset bandersnatch style like choose your own adventure movie where they're like placing you in jobs at baby corp and then they have second movie that just came out recently. And so I saw the second movie on Peacock one day and I'm like, cool, this seems like it's going to be a mess. I'll go watch that. And then it kept repeatedly, bu- repeatedly bugging my friends to bring me on this show so I could talk about it.
0: <laughs> um, I, so I would, full I would disclosure- like to point out, rachel has been our social media manager and producer for for basically as long as we've been doing this she's heard us talking about various things she has taste as far as i know and yet when (laughs) the time came for her to come on this show the only thing she wanted to do was talk boss baby so if she i just as as a as a as a uh as a disclaimer here if it if it ever seems like we forced her to do this, or that we are we are in cruel and unusual punishment work environment. No, no, this was all her idea. We're just all yeah, pride. Katie got out of it, and I'm here as the hostage. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you absolutely are. Um, no, I, I, I like to think I also have some degree of taste. Like I have a Pixar tattoo on my arm. I I know what good animation is. I I know like. In, in my deepest, hardest of hearts, I know that this isn't good. Just so we're aware, but I find joy in just and
0: yes, you are—you are our resident boss baby expert, and by resident, I, am the resident I mean the world's only boss baby expert, maybe, probably, probably <laughs> above the age at of at like least six. the only one willing to admit it. Perhaps I'm also
1: probably the only one above the age of like six.
0: That's um, possible. Uh, so, for for our viewers who may have the, the 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 joy of ignorance and not know what the Boss Baby is about, uh, why, why don't you give us a rundown of the of the general premise of the of the franchise?
1: Okay. So before I start talking, spoilers for the Boss Baby franchise, if you care. But I'm going to be going into deep detail about quite a few plot points from. Starting all the way from the first movie, all the way through, like, the most recent movie, through the show, through the everything, I'm going to be going into deep, deep, deep detailed plot points. So if you care, this is not the episode for you to listen to. I don't really know why you would care. It's honestly more fun to just hear how off the wall they are. But That's here. what I'm
0: here for. That's I, I have yeah. I, never seen any of the Boss Baby anything, and I am, I am here because one of us had to be here, and... My yep. former co-host is studying for a law degree, so.
1: Yeah, I, I, why, whatever would they do that when you can be here talking about the Boss Baby instead? I, I wonder if I the Boss the Baby. School. I, law, yeah.
0: law school sounds, sounds difficult and, and, and in, incredibly uh, time-consuming, but at least I wouldn't have to listen to Rachel talk about the Boss Baby. But here we are. Here, here you are. are. Yep. All um, right, tell us about it, Rachel. So there it, um, the
1: movie starts off and you see, um, like a bunch of babies going through a conveyor line. Like, the closest way I compare this is like the stork, where it's like, hey, instead of coming from the stork, the babies come from like a conveyor belt that, like, and you see what you know to be the boss baby, like, going along the conveyor belt. But, like, as all the other babies are like, getting binkies and getting their shoes put on and blah 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 he's like always on the contrary I guess like when he's supposed to be getting his shoes on like he
0: always be contrary yes um
1: and so finally you come to the point where like they're sending all of them down into families and when they go to tickle him he doesn't laugh so he gets sent into management instead I had a whole bunch of questions about the boss baby before I started this two week odyssey that I went on washing through them. Um and one of them was like are all babies like this? Do all are all of them secretly like management? I don't know. But no, apparently it's some babies that are just in this universe some babies are just born like grown up, so to speak where like they speak normally and they act normally and like they act like an adult. Which is kind of off the wall to begin with that's not I, I don't really still don't really know how to process all of that. but honestly, where the first movie is kind of good is about the first third. The rest okay. of the franchise complete yeah, the first third like actually is kind of interesting because you're dropping this baby into this family and the other kind of part that they're setting up is um, this little boy uh, Tim who live with his who lives with his parents he's an only child and he kind of has this like like wondrous beautiful imagination where he sees like him and his p- parents play like stories all the time and they like uh save me from the sea monster and blah 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 like it's a it's kind of a cute relationship that he has and it's actually got some really fun animation to it in these dream sequences of like how you're seeing the world through his eyes, and they cut into different animation styles depending on what he's doing, and it's actually kind of cute. Like, I got, credit where credit is due, that's kind of interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah, like, I, I gotta give credit there. Like I said, the rest of the franchise totally goes off the rails. Yeah. There's a couple still, yeah, like, there's a couple still good moments scattered throughout, but just scattered throughout completely chaotic weirdness. Um... But he... So because they set it up like that, they set it up so you don't know how much of this is actually going on inside of his head. Like, is Baby Corp real, or is this a figment of his imagination? Is this baby... It's a big imagination
0: from the sound of it.
1: Yeah. Like, they're kind of establishing him as an unreliable narrator, which is kind of cool. Like, I didn't expect that, but yeah. it, we got it. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. And then... It so like they go on these adventures where he's like, you know, the baby always cries all the time. Like things aren't done his way. He starts crying, and it's like he is seeing this as the baby in the suit is demanding things be done his way, right? But also, like a normal baby does that too. Yeah. So
0: I think back to your original statement: all babies kind of are boss babies. Honestly, yeah.
1: Like how much of this is him? Uh, I am also an only child so I know if like a situation like that came into my life
0: and all of a sudden this baby just showed up and I didn't expect it I would also probably freak out a little bit. And as the youngest child I can confirm that I was a boss baby. Absolutely. (laughs) How much of this is his imagination running
1: wild because he's got put in a traumatic situation in a lot of ways and his life changed a lot and he's taking his imagination and adding things on top of it to make it make more sense to him and how much of it is his little brother's actually a fucking manager. Um, yeah, like, you you don't know. Um, you So beyond that, the movie, you keep teetering back and forth between, like, how much is real, how much is it, how much is real, how much isn't, and then it just goes off the rails more. Mm-hmm. Um the second movie, honestly, I think is mostly a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh because god. The second, the second movie, by that point, you don't have. So you go through the you go through the first movie, and he likes and the baby, in the baby corp world, was placed with this family. Um and then he was gonna be like for an operation, then he was gonna leave, but then he decides to stay. Again, spoilers. Yeah, okay. And then come time for the second movie, the two of them, so the Tim and his brother Ted, the baby, have grown up and Tim has kids now, and Ted's like way big shot corporate.
0: For some reason, the boss baby's name being Ted feels very underwhelming.
1: Yeah, it's it's Timothy Leslie and Theodore. Lindsay, I think are their names like they both it's both TL and then the last name's Templeton. Huh.
0: So it's it's weird Timothy and they keep Timothy making Ted fun Templeton. That feels like a like a child abuse.
1: <laughs> Timothy Templeton. Yeah, that's his name. It's Theodore Timothy Templeton
0: and Ted Templeton. the Not yes. good names. And I'm sorry to any might have that exact name. Just your name is bad. I'm sorry. I I also apologize.
1: Um but you come to the, so, like, at the end of the first movie, it's, fast forward, like, 30 years, and Tim is having a, Tim is having his second kid. So his young, his older daughter, Tabitha, is, like, looking at her new little sister, and it's implied that the little sister is also part of, like, baby horror, oh. which is kind of weird in itself. Um, but then come to the second movie you they continue that on where the two of them are adults and Tabitha is um uh she is like probably seven and then her little sister is i don't know six months it's boss baby talk it doesn't really matter um and they completely throw that out the window though and completely establish that baby corp is real like, it's no longer some weird middle ground of like, is this Ted's imagination? Is it now? Because now he's an adult. Right.
0: Now the he's seeing these things. The only other excuse is that he's had a complete mental breakdown. Yes. But
1: also, his like, they bring both Tim and Ted into this and bring them back. Like, there's weird plot devices. They bring them back to the age that they were in the first movie. So, like, seven and infant.
0: Right. Um, and they go on all these wacky adventures the and then you like they have to that, that god forbid we have new characters like they, they just like, no. them down for the plot there's <laughs> like, endless I- amounts of babies and baby corp like okay so i get in theory i get why for the plot to go on you'd need to make the boss baby back into a baby but like making the older brother the same age he was in the first movie feels like it do they try to explain why that makes sense um.
1: So they use. So the babies are all kept as babies by drinking these like spe, like special formula that like keeps them in baby form forever, and they don't grow up, which is a whole other weird. It. So, I know I, I was like the Twilight nerd in middle school. Yes, I'm a tangent. This in a Twilight for a second.
0: Oh, no. um, that's even worse.
1: Yes. So the. Alice, the, like, uh, psychic of, like, the vampires. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, her psychic powers are, you know, have plot armor. Like, they work whenever they need to, and they don't whenever they don't. It, it There's not a lot of really set rules based on how her powers work. And honestly, this, like, special baby formula works in a lot of similar ways, where it's, this works when it needs to, and doesn't when it doesn't. It. Ah. It's, yeah. So... That's not great, but uh, from what I remember from that scene, it's like the two of them fighting with each other over the formula, so I think it was like a special formula that aged them down versus keeping them the same age, but I'd have to go back and rewatch, honestly, because again I've watched so much Boss Baby that some details slip. Right. That's Um, fair. fair. Yeah, but um, They, the two of them are fighting. So I don't know if maybe the reason is like Tim got less formula than Ted did. That's possible. I don't know. Okay. That's actually another. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Um. Well, that sounds truly insane. It's absolutely
1: truly insane. But part of my like my biggest concern is that. At the end of the first movie, they establish that, like, okay, this baby was sent here for a mission, and now we're going to take him away again. So, like, they go through, and they erase the baby from the parents' memories, and, like, take all the pictures and everything off the wall, and, like, basically make it seem like they never had a kid. And then, of course, he realizes I had the love of my family here, so I'm going to go back, and I'm going to be part of this family now. And he goes back through the whole cycle, and ends up with them, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um... And they're going to be this big, happy family. But then they establish that Tim's infant daughter is also part of Baby Corp. Wild. So that means his infant daughter was also placed there to just be a decoy baby. And then he finds out she's part of Baby Corp and just doesn't care. Like it's this whole big traumatic thing in the first movie where like the baby brother that he bonded with and everything is getting erased from his parents' memories and like taken out of their house. Yeah. And he said, "Hey, I we have love to share." Blah blah blah. Come back. And it's it's supposed to be this big growth moment, but then come to the second movie and he is like, "Tina, you're a boss, but you're a part of Baby Corp too." And it's just never established. That doesn't mean that means she's not actually his biological daughter.
0: Ah. So, like, there's like some weird cheating implications here, isn't there? I don't even know if a cheating implication as much as it's like the store. Well, yeah, yes, I, I know, but like, in, yeah. in terms of like, if it's like it's like a traumatic thing to discover that your child is not really your child, like the yeah. real world adult equivalent is not terribly child friendly. Yeah. <laughs> um so if in
1: the first movie the boss baby doesn't look anything like like the parents or the son. He's like blonde and everyone else has brown hair and they all look exactly the same, he doesn't so it makes sense that like this baby was placed here because he looks nothing like the rest of them. But then you come to the second movie and she they all look similar. They all look like they're like biologically related. But he just it's never talked about that like this baby that you you know thought was yours and was placed here that you love and you protect and you parent and everything was placed here as part of a mission and according to baby corp rules will now be taken away from you. Yeah. You're essentially fostering a baby you won't remember. You didn't you're not realizing that you're fostering but apparently
0: you're fostering. That's like messed up on a lot of levels. I yeah. I did not really expect the boss baby to have this kind of trauma. Yeah, but it's, like, they're, they're just taken
1: away. He's, well, granted, the boss baby in the first one is willingly leaving. He's like, I want to go back to baby corp. I finished my job. I did my thing. I, I want to leave.
0: Right. But then the second one, she keeps calling him daddy. Huh, okay. So, so that, that plot point out the window, basically, is what you're saying.
1: Yes, we essentially threw the whole, like, in the second one, I feel like it's more established of like, hey, yeah, this is your kid, but they're also Baby Corp. Like, I don't, in some point between like womb to world, they got added into Baby Corp, which I don't. It, it's either we're going with the whole, this whole stork scenario where they're just placed with families. Or we're going with the scenario of, like, no, this is his biological daughter and somehow she got added to baby corp. I don't know how. Huh. I haven't been able to piece that one together. This is very weird stuff, Rachel. Yes, welcome. Welcome to my life for the last two weeks.
0: I, I, it, it It's weird because it sounds simultaneously like it cares too much about its own internal lore and also not at all like it seems like they yeah, set the lore it. in the first one that they just kind of forgot about for the sequel
1: yeah huh and the lore doesn't totally make sense no. it's no it's Nothing. they're trying it. They're trying to craft something that makes sense. Like, they're trying to find a way to establish this and establish that and make all of this tick. They just don't know how. Because it's so off the wall that you have to justify all of these things in weirder and weirder ways. Right. Like, when I look at my baby cousin, I don't think, oh, hey, you look like a boss baby. It's just, like, you're a baby.
0: Well, your, your cousin is a very cute baby. My cousin is a very cute baby
1: um that's it it simultaneously has like so much lore and not enough because the lore that it has has like gaping holes in it but it's also really it's really fleshed out but not fleshed out enough because there is just some gaps in logic it can't get around
0: it it seems like it it seems like they might have been better off uh not making it as much like lore and world build like if it, it's like I, I think if you were going partially with the it might be the kids imagination i think that might have been like a like a cleaner story in the same way that like a story like peter pan can feel clean even if it doesn't make that much sense because one could argue that it's just a children's fairy tale it's not it's designed to make sense for the children who are imagining it but not necessarily have real world one to one equivalent, so I. I like the part of Alice in
1: Wonderland, where it's like right. it's written to be nonsense. That's it, like Jabberwocky is written to be nonsense, but you look at it and you are able to make words out of it because it's written adjacent to something that makes sense. This is absolutely swinging for the fences, and it like hit a pole. <laughs>
0: I, I, I like that description. Yeah.
1: And that's that's where credit where the credit where credit is due. The first movie is actually a decently compact story. It's got some things that if you look a little bit closer at, you're like, wow, that's really messed up. A la the foster you didn't know you were doing. Mm. It's it's some things that like, hey, should we have thought a little bit harder about this and maybe not done that? but it's it's a decently compact story that actually has some pretty poignant moments in some ways like there's one point when um uh so Tim's parents sing blackbird to him and like that's his lullaby and it's really cute like that's one of the moments where his parents are also simultaneously like the best parents and the worst parents at the same oh. time Specifically, going throughout the show is there's a lot of really questionable stuff. But even at the end of the first movie, there's, some really que- there's something really questionable that's part of my game later. So I'll save that for a little bit later. But his mm-hmm. parents are somehow the wa- best and the worst at the same time. Okay. And, yes. <laughs> but he's got, so like they sing Blackbird to him and that's his olive it And there's a lot of really sweet scenes where like they're sitting on the bed with him and they're singing and it's super cute. But then, at one point, so he's fighting back and forth with this baby and trying to get this tape that would, like, prove the existence of Baby Corp to his parents and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, And he uh, almost launches the baby out a window. Oh.
0: Likeable. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, And he almost launches the baby out the window and because of that, of course, he gets grounded. Yes. Yeah. You you're trying to launch your baby brother out a window yep and while he was doing that so it's one of the moments where it's like the imagination scene and his bedroom turns into a jail cell and it's like you look at it from above and it feels really tall so he's looking really small on the bottom and it's his imagination it's not just a timeout it is like he's losing his parents
0: so I, I love he, that. That, that. You know what that, remind, that reminds me of a Christmas story like I, I love that part those parts of yeah. the story where he goes into his own little imagination like that's that sounds like yeah. a, a sweet way to depict something like that.
1: And it's actually really poignant and like pretty sad to see him like this because again being the only child like if I put myself in that situation I have really close relationship with my parents and suddenly if my parents are putting all their time and energy into this other little being it, it would be a lot for me or so then through the wall he hears his parents singing blackbird to the baby so it's really sad because he's like that's my song why are they singing it to him and he's just seeing his parents pull away from him as they're putting their energy into this other creature that needs so much more but he's internalizing a lot of it and it's getting to him and stuff like that I mean, I don't, you know, I don't get emotionally attached and I don't cry at things, but
0: like that actually kind of got to me for a second. I mean, honestly, you just describing that to me that I mean, I i was the youngest child, like I said, so I never had to experience anything directly like that. But you can imagine like I can imagine how how hard that must be for a kid to. You know to feel like their parents don't love them anymore and that they love the other kid more and i i, I like that, that that sounds like also just a good lesson for kids like it seems like this movie has a reason to exist outside of just like you know fart jokes for the kiddies like it seems like there's lots of you know right now there are you know probably thousands of little kids in america and all over the world learning how to deal with you know going from being an only child to being a big sibling and it seems like yeah. they would relate a lot to that kind of scene yeah like
1: it's it does have some really solid moments that I I, I kind of have to defend it, but also it goes off the rails. And like the end of the movie goes off the rails. I the first movie, again, I won't say that it's good, but I will say it has some little glimmer of promise in there that you gotta kind of respect. respect. But, it's but, but, weird, but I gotta respect it. There is also, like, a shocking amount of, like, blurred-out nudity in the movie. Oh, why? It's all of them. Like, the baby runs around without a diaper, and rather than doing, like, the really clever, like, trick where he, like, runs behind a table or something so you don't see anything, they just straight-up blur it out.
0: That seems really lazy. I, boo, that's lazy. Yeah, I don't get it. Also like they're, anim- they're animated characters, like just draw him with like a little like a little baby belly and presumably no genitalia, and you can just sort of have that happen, right? Like I've seen lots of animated babies and I've seen almost none of them with genitals because you can design animated babies to not have them.
1: <laughs> and you don't have to do some like clever camera tricks where you like throw him where you like throw him behind a table, like you put the table there. Right. You design the shot. It goes the table goes wherever you tell it. It goes to. wherever you want the table to go, right? Yeah. Or like the couch can go there or a plant or whatever. Like it's Right. There's that in the first movie. And then going into the show, there's a couple episodes too where it's the same thing and I don't get it. They also they, they show baby butt a lot, but also it's
0: it's like baby butt, so that kind of makes sense. But I feel like butts are have always been fair game for animation.
1: Yeah. And, but for some reason you see the front of him too, and he's just running around like an open hallway and they just straight up blur it out. And I don't get that choice.
0: Yeah. That just, honestly, that just strikes me as laziness.
1: It, honestly, I don't disagree with you. And I don't, because it's, even you can show him from the waist up, you can do anything else. It, I don't get why that's there. And this—that was my own little personal rant for a minute. Of I, it was something I was not expecting, and I don't think that I appreciate.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. That that strikes me as as something that it, they it's not really an art. Blurring is not what I would consider in this situation to be like an artistic choice. Like they could, no. they they could have they could have fixed it in any number of creative or clever ways but they sort of did something that by definition takes you out of the movie because it's it's non-diegetic. It doesn't exist in the world of the movie. He's not being blurred in the yeah. movie. He's you are as the viewer are sort of automatically taken out and are like I am watching something that has been made for me to watch on TV and it is blurred.
1: Yeah, it, it blatantly breaks the fourth wall, which uh, it's not like the movie is not Birds of Prey, where you're constantly going through hearing Harley's dialogue, and she's right. speaking to you. It is it exists in this world, and for some reason, they are completely, like, breaking the illusion right. on that point. You know, I had so much illusion that the boss baby was actually happening,
0: and that just totally
1: ruined it for me.
0: I mean, was it, like, only when the kid was fantasizing? Because, like, maybe then I could justify it as if, like, the kid no. is- then no then yeah that's then nothing like i i could potentially see like a uh, you know but but even then like i don't even know why a kid would do that like in their own imagination like kids see oh, yeah. their their, sibling, their baby siblings naked like that that yeah. just happens as as any number of embarrassing photos of me as a child will be Oh happy god to you, little little toddler children are not shy about being naked in front of their siblings
1: but, like, they take, I mean, I don't have siblings, but, like,
0: I know you all, like, take baths together. There are so. definitely pictures of me, you know, two years old in the bathtub with my seven-year-old sister, like, that, yeah. because that's, that's what being a sibling is. So it really wouldn't make sense if they were blurring the nudity on the baby for the sake of, I mean, and honestly, to that point, like, Blurring, you know, blurring it and like further calling attention to it almost makes it weirder. Like, there's something inherently innocent about a naked baby. Like, unless unless you're really messed up, there is something just inherently innocent about a naked baby. Most people in their lives will encounter a naked baby, and to like the fact that they like need a diaper, yeah, like it's gonna right. Like that's just part, and especially if the movie is supposed to be putting you in the mindset of like being a child now. I am not saying that they should have had, like, realistic baby anatomy, because we don't need—even though other countries would. Like, for, the record, my for head. the record, America is uniquely conservative about stuff like this. If this was a movie made yeah. in France, they'd have no problem with it. No, nope. Um nope. But, but that, that being said, I would be uncomfortable if they'd done that. But like I was saying before, the standard in animation is you just don't animate that part. Like, you just— you just don't animate it, and, and no one really questions it. Like yeah, you I, like I, I like you you know you see animated characters, you know, who are mostly naked all the time, and just through animation, you can manipulate it however you want. Um, but the fact that they blur it calls way more attention to it. Like we would not be having this conversation if they hadn't made the choice to blur it. like that no. like that is I brought it up. calling more attention to it. <laughs> Like
1: they're are scene there, so like there's one specific scene in the first movie where like they're going around like bonding as siblings and stuff like that, and they're like he just doesn't have his diaper on, and I'm I, at first all you saw was baby butt, and I'm like okay, and they're like baby powder. It's it's kind of a weird scene in itself, but like the weirdest part is I ex- fully expected them while I was watching that scene to just put him behind the table or like have him grab a. A couch cushion or something and run with it like that's not even a couch cushion but like you know what I'm saying grab a block and hold it there like anything I expected it to be more cleverly hidden but then he's just running down a hallway and you just see it blurred and I'm like what that is the first time I've ever seen someone made that decision and it's not in his it's not in like Ted or Tim's dream world where he's scaling the Amazon and his brother's diaper gets caught on something. No, it is bullying in their living room. And even if, even if you were in the Amazon, I would expect you to put like a leaf or something, or like have him constantly yeah. show up. Like there, there are more clever ways to do that than completely and utterly breaking the fourth wall by doing that.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, we don't need and we don't need to harp on this anymore more than we already have. No, we'll but keep you know, going. We'll keep going. We'll we'll move on. But weird choice, guys. Really weird choice. That like I like I said, we wouldn't be having this conversation if y'all had just found a more creative solution.
1: No. Um. Before I, before we start our games, uh, I do have a quick note. For some reason, they call a binky a chubby,
0: and I don't like it. They call it a chubby. So I assume that's because the word binky is somehow copyrighted. But why wouldn't they just call it a pacifier, which I, I think is not copyrighted? I mean, I've also heard like passy
1: and stuff yeah. before. Like I feel like that makes more sense. Like pacifier, passy. But yeah. They like, call it chubby,
0: and I don't get it. That's the first weird. time I've ever heard the word chubby in my life. Like I wonder if it's like a weird product placement. Like is that an actual? Oh, it is. Oh. Oh, I think that, I think, yeah, I oh, think it should brand. Be
1: actually a brand. brand. I didn't do that much. Re- Most of my research was just watching this stuff. I didn't do a lot of like external Googling.
0: Yeah. It, it looks, it looks like it is in fact a brand. So maybe that's it. Um, maybe. It, but it not,
1: There's not really a lot of like product placement or brands or anything in this.
0: So but, that piece, yeah. I don't know like that and that would be a yeah. weird product placement to have especially if they didn't show like the logo or something like that would like no so I don't know maybe that's just like a personal experience of like the writers is that like when like that was what they called a pacifier in their house growing up um maybe maybe but that is a little bit weird as that's definitely not a universe like I've never heard that like I think that's supposed to be slang I've never heard it before like
1: I don't know. Like I've heard of like Passy and Binky and stuff like that, but I've never heard of Chubby. But that was that was just a little point of I Rachel didn't understand why it was a Um, Chubby. All
0: right, fun and games time.
1: Fun and games time. So we're gonna jump into a little game of what I like to call Guess the Ending, which is uh, these are mostly pulled from the TV show because they're all like the little thirty minute things that are easy to wrap up. but uh, I am going to set up for Scarlet what the, you know, premise of the episode is and maybe give her a couple plot points of things that happened just to get her move along. And she's going to try to guess how the episode ended. And yeah, really? I completely fair warning to you. I picked the weirdest ones I could find. Oh,
0: God. All right. Well, let's let's see yeah. how crazy these actually got.
1: Yes. Um. So there's an episode called Into the Belly of the Den of the House of the Nest of Cats. Hate that. Yep. Um, and so this, this, is, this episode is actually the one where I'm like, you know what? This is where I'm, I, I have to do this segment. I, I have to. This, oh, is, this is what made me want to do it. So ah. set up is: Tim is trying to earn a badge for his do-go-trooper helmet and has to help all the other people of the neighborhood. So, like, he goes around all the houses and, like, says, hey, what can I help you out with? Can I sweep your desk? In De- can I do something like this? Uh, he just goes around. He doesn't want to help one specific house because the rumor is that the woman inside of it turns kids into robots. All right. Um, the mom, his mom makes him go over there and... um. Uh, help her out, and they're like cleaning up her backyard, and there's a bunch of like metal scraps and everything that back there, which does it, adds to the case that she turns kids into robots. But again, Tim has an active imagination. Yeah. Uh, boss, the Boss Baby and his little crew find a cat in the neighborhood and figure out that the cat needs to be returned to that same house. So they go over and are trying to return the cat and like bring her
0: back inside.
1: That's your setup swing for the fences you probably won't get
0: it all right my my ending to this is that old lady doesn't actually make kids into robots but she does turn cats into robots and when they return the cat the old lady turns the cat into a robot and they have to fight the lady and her evil cat robot army
1: um so surprisingly enough robots actually had nothing to do with this
0: What? they had a setup about (laughs) robots
1: yeah, the robots were just there. She, turned, she apparently turns kids into robots, but the robots didn't actually matter. Um, she's actually a crazy cat lady who has a bunch of you know cats inside of her house. Like, imagine the Sid's house from the first Toy Story where it's, like, dark and dingy oh. and everything, and it's just covered in cats. And so Boss Baby and his little crew break inside to go return this cat, and his friend Jimbo befriends a cat named Gwendolyn who is you know one of this one of these one of this woman's cats and they're trying to sneak around the house and like get Jimbo back because he wants to go with Gwendolyn and blah 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 um and so they're trying not to have this woman find them and so they hide behind a couch and she goes and starts reaching behind the couch looking for something and Gwendolyn then sacrifices herself who this woman who's looking behind the couch so she doesn't catch the babies and then is clearly distressed as this woman is bringing her upstairs. And so what this woman does is she licks the cats and the hairballs that come off of them, she turns it into cat sweaters.
0: I hate that. Ugh, that's disgusting. Yeah.
1: And so the uh, mom and Tim come inside and she's like, yeah, the woman used to knit me some sweaters for Christmas. And she realizes that the sweaters that she got from this woman were made of licked cat hair.
0: This is the time it's, machine, everyone. Uh, we're finishing the show forever now. Uh, has, I'm about to have to stare at a wall for the rest of my life.
1: It somehow has a mixture between, like, sex trafficking and, like, that sort of vibe because these cats are being kept in this household and used for their fur to be knit into sweaters mixed with like uh, shoot Sweeney Todd Ugh. like how she passes around all the pies and no one knows what's in the pies yeah. this woman is passing around sweaters and no one knows it's in the sweaters and the cats are like laborers like that are being used against their will to be licked and make sweaters it, yeah, it feels like like sex trafficking.
0: Ah, do not like that at all. Why couldn't it have been my cat robot idea? That would have had cyborg cats.
1: Honestly, I don't know who thought this. Uh, who thought this was a good idea? Like, what? What writers' room sat down and said, "You know what we need? Cat smear sweaters." Ugh.
0: I'm 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 viscerally grossed out right now.
1: As you should be. Uh, when I first started watching the show, I was like flipping through just grabbing random episodes. And that was one of the first ones I came across. Because I was oh. just pulling the title that sounds the weirdest.
0: Can you can you give me one now that's a little less disturbing?
1: Uh sure. Let's try. Um okay. Um, so this sounds from an episode called, called an episode called Hush Little Baby. So in the second episode in the second season, um, their uh, grandmother Gigi comes to live with them for the summer because their parents got like a job promotion or something. So we spent a lot of time with Gigi. Okay. And Gigi takes the boss Gigi takes the boss baby and his brother to the library for story time. Aww. And the babies all love story time. Oh, I also need to preface that in the second season, the babies are going to war with the old people Ah. because the, the recurring tie line throughout all of like the Boss Baby franchise is that they're constantly trying to make baby love grow, like get bigger. So essentially like there's a heart of like all of the love that everyone's capable of in the world and they want most of it to go to babies.
0: Like, There's some, like, do they love- weird, like, anti-abortion subtext to this that I don't love. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. Um, but, like, they're fighting for baby love with, like, puppies and kitties and apparently old people, too. So, like, the whole recurring theme is that they're trying to make people love. They're, like, selling themselves as a commodity of, like, we want you to want babies instead of a dog.
0: Okay, like, that it makes some sense to me old people, like, I, 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 think, you know, I obviously, I don't, I'm not anti-old people. I think everyone should love and respect old people, but like, it's not like an aww, cue in the same way that like puppies, kittens, and babies are. Like, that feels like a very different kind of love. Like, the love that you yeah. feel for your elderly parent is not the same as you feel for like random small baby.
1: No, but they're constantly fighting for, like they're fighting all these different groups for a larger share of the love I, than everyone else has oh my god because it, it's implied that we can't love more than one thing we have to most
0: of our love has to go to babies i mean i guess for the sake of the survival of the species yes but also i feel like this is kind of invalidating cat parents out there yeah yeah anyway anyway tell me what happens okay. at story time
1: So, the second season, they are fighting with the old people. They're at war with the old people, and um, their leader, his name is Frederick. So, um, they bring the babies to story time. The old people show up and convince the librarian that the babies need to be quiet during story time. Hmm. Um, Because the old people are trying to get the library for themselves. The library becomes a battleground, essentially. And then, where does old that people go? Ruin everything. Yes, old people ruin everything.
0: That seems to be what the takeaway from this is going to be for kids.
1: Honestly, that's most of the second season is like old people ruin everything. But there's a there's a whole other thing we can delve into there. There's a lot going on. But how does that end?
0: Um, I, I'm kind of imagining like an apocalypse now style of war sequence where like the the kids are trying to be as silent as possible as they invade the adult area and it's really dramatic and one of them has a, a dramatic faux death after being I don't know hit by an old person bomb which like I don't know is maybe like they're like super hard candies or something um so
1: the old people actually recruit the cops to back them up And during story time, if any babies make noise, the babies get kicked out of the library. Okay. And so of course, they're babies. Because only, like, the boss baby and his little company are, like, adult-like, I guess. Everyone else is just a straight-up baby. Everyone who's not a boss
0: baby is, like, a regular baby.
1: Everyone else is a regular baby. So they go and... All the babies in turn get kicked out of the library and sent away because they made noise during story time. And there's a line that, like, the cop says, I'm sorry, ma'am, I have to uphold the law. And we're like, are you implying that there's a law? Like, it is a written law
0: that you can't speak at the library. Also, they're babies. They don't, they're babies. They can't read the law. They're babies. Yeah.
1: But that, so the babies all get kicked out of the library, and it turns into old people's story time. And if they catch any babies in the library during that time, all babies are banned from the library permanently. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. So the babies sneak in and attempt to take the library back. And what they do is they, so like this, the seniors are all like wandering up and down the aisles, and they're finding different things to make all the seniors make noise. So then the seniors all get kicked out of the library instead. So then no one can have a library. And then so Frederick, the one guy who's like the leader of the old people, he's like leaning down on the ground at one point looking for these babies. And two of the babies, Boss Baby and this other one, Stacy, sneak up behind him with like books and everything and are trying to hit him to make him make noise. At which point they take him and they slap him in the butt with a book. And you just hear a really loud clanging sound. And he turns up and says, steal implants. I lost both my buttocks in the war. Huh.
0: That's a choice, guys. <laughs> it is a choice. Um, ah. But yeah,
1: he's both of his butt cheeks are replaced by steel implants and then so eventually they they get all the old people kicked out and the babies take the library back and they get um story time but is this like passing back and forth of like everyone getting banned from the library for life for some reason
0: i i feel the need to comment uh as as trite as it is uh simpsons did it this is a plot of the simpsons episode from like 20 oh, no. years ago it's with kids oh, no. are arguing over a curfew, and in the end, the spoilers I suppose for a twenty-some odd year old Simpsons episode. Uh, only the old people are allowed to be outside because they're they're not making a fuss. Um, yeah. So I guess it's kind of similar, but like, huh? I.
1: I, I'm also fairly certain the Boss Baby show stole a po- uh, still a plot of the hash singing slasher episode of SpongeBob at one point, but we I don't have that one in my notes. But they're okay. also stole that.
0: The, this is all pretty wild. Like I, I don't I don't know why you'd have the ending of a joke be this old man is a a, a wounded war veteran, and they ba- also like it's just, it's a creepy thought that a bunch of babies are like trying to make old people make noise. Like I I don't know. It's Like that feels a little creepy yeah i mean
1: they're like going up and on the aisles in the library and like as one of the old people like go as like one of the old i per- was uh, one of the old people goes by they take and they like kick out one of the books from like the bottom so it like hits him in the calf and like that's how they make noise
0: i may, maybe it's just because i you know i have grandparents or had grandparents who were getting on in years and the idea of anyone even a baby like you know, hitting them in such a way that they injure themselves just makes me feel sad. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so that would make me sad. Um.
1: So I have. I I have one at least one more guess the ending, and then I have a couple of things we could talk about, but I don't want to take up too much time. So I think we'll just go to this one. Yeah, let's go. there we can do yeah. the next one.
0: Yeah. This one's called Family Fun Night. Oh, no. Um, Why do I think this one's both be fun or family-friendly? Uh, actually, I mean, this
1: one's kind of strange, but not that bad. It's not as bad as the first one. Okay. Um, so, the setup is the family gets invited to an opening night of Mr. Pineapple's Cafe, which okay. is kind of like a tacky Polynesian-themed restaurant akin to, like, Rainforest Cafe. Ah, okay. Which from well, actually, what I've heard, Rainforest Cafe is only really native to the, like my area, but um,
0: uh, regardless, yeah, I've been. To a oh, well, there's
1: the one. In, there's the one in Disney World, so people should. I, I, people I think I think even if you haven't
0: been to a Rainforest Cafe, you've like heard of them.
1: Yeah, uh, we're uh, side note. It is also established canonically that the parents honeymooned money honeymooned in Cleveland, Ohio. Yay. I, I just I, I felt the need to establish that because so our friends I believe would appreciate it.
0: What we do, what we do, we do um, from Cleveland, do is very uh, very adamant in her love of Cleveland.
1: Um, and then so it's I mean it's it's Polynesian themed. It's tacky. It's whatever. Everything in the restaurant is somehow like cat themed, like the. It's instead of a hot dog or a corn dog, it's a hot cat and a corn cat and stuff like that. Uh, the menu is like bounce up and down on a string. There's the cat puns um, everywhere. Um, there's no silver and you like lick milk from a bowl. Hmm. Um, and Mr. Pineapple is actually a cat that's performing at the cafe on his ukulele. So he's just up, like strumming along the ukulele and like purring along. It's weird. Right. Um, this is also a time for me to establish the first the uh, villain in the first season. His name is Bootsy Calico, oh. and he is a cat lover that honest uh, is a very weird character to put it lightly. Um, but he is trying to ruin baby love and like increase cat love and that's pretty much all you need to know here he's weird but he's trying he he's very much team cat versus team
0: baby this show seems to have a weird thing with cats is what I'm getting from it
1: yeah the first season has a lot to do with cats it's mostly just because like Bootsy Calico also um I feel the need to point out for some of our friends that Mr. Pineapple is voiced by Dee Bradley Baker
0: Oh, I love Dee Bradley Baker.
1: Yes, Mr. Pineapple and his many meows are voiced by Dee Bradley Baker.
0: Of course they are. Who else would it be? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Alan Tudyk, as you might have heard, he went to Juilliard. Did you go to Juilliard? He did indeed. They only get they only get him for like for like feature feature animals.
1: Yeah. So guess the ending. Um.
0: Uh. The. It, the the animatronics in the cafe are mind control devices designed to make people like cats. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm done. Um,
1: it's also, It's not mind control. They're actual cats. Like, he's somehow trained actual cats. They're not even animatronics. What? What? It's an actual cat that's playing a ukulele. Okay.
0: So yeah, all, but, all so, the animatronics are, are real cats.
1: Yes, they're all real cats. Okay. Um, So they end up finding Mr. Pine... So they go and try to investigate the library, not the library, the restaurant, trying to figure out what's going on. And they find Mr. Pineapple's food bowl. And it's actually filled with Shanghai penguin clams, which are the world's yummiest clams that are illegal in, quote, this country. So they, ha- they he, they're feeding him black market clams. Okay. So they have him hooked on these clams and that's how they like get him to con- like control him essentially and like get him to play the ukulele is by giving him these clams and training him with that. Um, the ba- boss baby starts making noise to try to like disrupt everything to get, like try to get the clams away so they can start doing something and try to take down this place. Everyone starts blaming him for disturbing the peace and booing him. Stacy and Jimbo, his like little, the boss baby's little like posse, get the clams and lure Mr. Pineapple away. um, Because they find out Boosie Calico is sending everyone home with a quote takeout kitten um, to try to get them to love kittens more than they love babies. So he's like forcing kittens on people. Um, They then throw around the clams. So Mr. (laughs) Yes. he's forcing cats on people and they throw around the clams so mr pineapple goes wild and attacks bootsy and all the other takeout kittens apparently also like these clams and are going crazy as well and i specifically picked that episode because there is a line in it where i i don't totally remember the situation that prompted it but the boss baby is like chaos that's what we need that's their solu Like, that's his solution out of it, is to just completely make the restaurant devolve into chaos. And that's when they start throwing around the clams. And chaos, that's what we need, just really spoke to me. And that
0: does have your energy, uh, to a T. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Uh, thank you for sharing those, Rachel. they they really are something.
1: They're something. Um, yeah, the black
0: market clams are the one that really caught me there. Uh, that's that's definitely a thing. Um, I, I I don't know why that is easier for a, a dining establishment than just getting an animatronic that plays the ukulele. But uh, you you know what? They're not nearly as cute. No, I guess I guess kudos for them going the extra mile. Um.
1: So the our next segment is what i'm calling guess the context which is i'm going to give you a quote from the show out of context and you have to try to guess when it was said and what it was for again swing for the fences you might get closer that way oh my god here we go um so um i have the first one is revenge is like peeing yourself to stay warm oh, at first it feels amazing, but in the end it leaves you even colder than before.
0: Okay, so I mean, I, I assume they're, they're trying to get revenge on someone. Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that did, are, are they, are they going to perform baby revenge on Bootsy Calico?
1: You're actually not that far off. So that is from the last episode in the first season. It's called Six Well-Placed Kittens. And Bootsy Calico's big plan is he has six well-placed kittens around the town. One of them actually being Gwendolyn. Do you remember the one from the kitty sweatshop earlier yeah. that befriended? Gwendolyn's actually a double agent. Surprise, oh my spoilers. My the so Spoilers. So two- Jimbo is... Cl- Jimbo is close friends with Gwendolyn, but he she was using him the entire time to get into baby court because she actually worked with Bootsy Calico. It's a it's a really sad development. I'm I'm I'm
0: heartbroken.
1: Yes, but um, so he's got six well placed kittens placed around the town. Bootsy is explaining his six well placed kitten plan, and so uh, there's a um there's a bunch of ceos that like rotate throughout baby corp and the specific one right now his name is mega fat ceo baby huh yes i honestly the naming conventions in the moss baby universe i feel like we need a specific episode just talking about those because i i can really deep dive into how they don't make any sense but his name is mega fat ceo baby and then when he no longer is CEO, he's just MegaFat. which I don't really think I'm here for. I don't like that. No, nope, not but, about that. Um, but it's established a while back that um, Mega Fat and Boss Baby used to be friends, but now Mega fat CEO Baby is just trying to get the Boss Baby fired because of an a poster that the two of them made earlier on in their baby careers that used to be, it says, hang in there, baby. And it used to be the baby hanging off like a branch, like trying to, you know, stay on the branch and not fall off. And it's hang in there, baby. It's one of those, like, um, motivational posters that don't really
0: land. The one that we have now that looks like a cat?
1: Yeah. The the one one that, like was probably in like your middle school science room of like determination it takes a flock to lead a village blah 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 yeah um so um back in the day it was the boss baby who wanted to do it as a baby and then he brought in his idea and said and they said like hey we don't want to be Do we don't want to depict babies in that light so then it was actually Megafat's idea to have it be a cat. But the Boss Baby took his idea and presented it to the board. And then he got a promotion that way. Because ah. he... So that's why Megafat hates him. is, um, Because he stole his idea and got a promotion with it. But come to find out, the kitten in that poster was actually Bootsy Calico's adopted cat mom. Huh. Because he was raised by cats. And huh. his adopted cat mom was the one in the poster. So now he wants to destroy babies because they used his mom in a humiliating position as their fodder. Is it
0: humiliating,
1: though? I thought it was inspiring. know uh, it, it's like the cat in the image doesn't look comfy, I okay. guess. It looks like, hey, I'm in distress. I'm about to fall off a branch. And um, he, so now he's trying to take down babies with his six well-placed kittens. And as he's doing it, the boss baby's talking to him on the phone and says, hey, don't take this revenge. It's it, it's essentially like an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind, but said in a much less poetic way.
0: Right. Huh. All right. That That is a thing, I suppose. That is a thing. I I didn't, if you Um, would have asked me if I, if I thought that the, uh, the, the hang in there baby poster would be a major plot point in the boss baby, I would have said, well, actually I would have said baby because there's no, everything seems insane in this.
1: There's no rhyme or reason to anything. It doesn't make any sense. Just stop trying to expect it to make sense. It's not going to. Boy, oh boy. Um, so we also have this next one is a two-part quote because they happen both around, they happen both around each other and they were both equally as good. So I had to keep them both I had to keep them both in there. Okay. For, first one we have Xylos are for Lamos, meet my Glockin' feel. And it's accompanied by, I'm here to melt your faces with my Glock.
0: I assume this has gotta be some kind of like battle of the band situation but it's like at their preschool right? Uh, you're kind of close
1: so this happens in the second season Tim um, is taking piano lessons from one of the old people at the like nursing home the one that's like trying to defeat baby love or whatever right. um, and as he does it they are turning him into an old person Like, he's taking on a bunch of older person mannerisms, and he's, like, using older slang and stuff like that. And he's losing his sort of kid energy. And so his parents both play musical instruments and are rock and roll. So (laughs) they, um, they, he's at the senior center, like, just completing his old person transition or whatever you would want to call that. Uh, when his dad and friend go to break him out and bring him back to rock the music but they're not strong enough their electric guitars aren't strong enough and it's hinted at throughout the episode that the mom plays a musical instrument too but you don't know what it is and she's like it's it's one of those things where you know it's going to come up in the end but they're giving you so little information throughout turns out his mom plays a glockenspiel And she doesn't feel like she's cool enough for it anymore, but she's the one who's able to break her son out of his old person
0: trance using her Glock. So how aware are the parents of this, uh, what I can only describe as gang war between the babies and the old people? Not at all.
1: That's what I'm saying. The parents are simultaneously the best and the worst parents at the same
0: time. But, like, because why do they think their son is turning into an old person?
1: I don't know. It's, it's just kind of brushed off. Like, yeah, we have to go save our son and bring him back. But, like, they never stop to question why this is happening. It's just facing what's in front of you and dealing with that rather than getting to the root problem.
0: Like, I feel like if you, if you leave your child to be instructed at a senior center and a musical instrument, yes, you probably will be taught classical music and not rock and roll music. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know what they were expecting that he was going to be learning in his music classes with an elderly person.
1: Honestly, like the adults in the show are kind of the worst. Like, Gigi, I've got a whole bone to pick with Gigi for a while. She's not, she comes in and like openly insults the baby. Oh. Like an infant. And then it's supposed to be this whole big arc throughout like the second season of like, you know, she learns to love the baby and like the two of them grow to an agreement. But like half of the time when they're doing stuff, she's like, Oh yeah, my little Tim, do you want to go to the park with me? Oh, I guess you can come too. And like just as openly a jerk to the baby. I mean, she
0: had kids, right? Like. Yeah presumably. I think if she's their- I
1: think it's established yeah, she's their grandma. Like, I, th- if I remember correctly, it's established that she's their dad's mom, yes. I
0: think. Yeah, it is. Huh. huh. Alrighty. Um, yeah. lay, lay, lay the last she's one She's openly antagonistic on. toward an infant. That's the worst. Alright, I see don't know it. why! I- um, You're the expert, man. So, I don't. I don't know.
1: There are some things that I, my brain can't wrap my head around. Why does this happen? <laughs> um. So. Um. This is an episode toward the end of the second season. If that helps you out at all. Oh,
0: it probably won't. It does not. But um, thank you for thinking that I might be smart enough to make use of that clue. Yeah. <laughs> um so
1: the quote is my clothes were a box and I've smashed them along with another quote from a little bit later in the episode because it's still good I know
0: what an anagram is I'm a naked baby genius I mean so I guess I'm assuming boss baby is naked uh maybe because the clothing was in some way uh, evil or maybe he gets does he get a power up from being naked? Is is that is that when he is at his full baby strength? Is it is it is it like the the reverse of Tony Stark putting on the Iron Man suit? He's okay. without his clothing. You're actually pretty close. God damn it! Um, so the
1: second season, the CEO of Baby Corp is um, turtleneck superstar CEO Baby, huh. who. As I might add, is voiced by Cynthia Erivo. Huh. And who actually gets to sing towards the end of the season. And it's very it's very jarring to hear her sing from a baby's like, yes. body. She actually gets to sing though, and she turns out evil. Yeah, she's voiced by Cynthia Arivo. And she the entire the entire season like goes around and is the kind of like ceo that like kind of speaks in code but like is trying to be motivational about it like you i want us to reach for the stars and i want this and i want that and we're turning yesterday's tomorrow's into tomorrow's today huh um and so this is an episode called number one Problem. Where new, Deck superstar CEO baby wants everyone to not just think outside of the box, but to smash the box.
0: Huh. And
1: the, so ba- the, the boss baby is having a hard time doing that because he's like so straight laced and like business forward. And meanwhile, in his home life, Gigi decides that before the summer ends, she is going to try to potty train the baby you know, the, like, one who can just barely walk around, she's gonna try to potty train. Yeah, of course, and obviously. Obviously. Um, And her best way of doing that is to just leave him naked and have him run around the house and leave a bunch of potty chairs everywhere and just, you know, he'll go when he goes. He's got all the open spots. He'll just do it. So yeah. he then becomes... He then becomes convinced that the his clothes were the thing that, were, wh- that was holding him back from reaching his full baby potential and he the clothes because then he actually starts like solving problems and figuring stuff out and doing this and like being the employee that the super turtleneck superstar CEO baby wants him to be is without his clothes so he becomes convinced that his nakedness is a genius
0: Rachel, this is an, an insane thing you have exposed me to.
1: I, I know. And see, um, I know I told you a while back, so I didn't bring it up during this episode because you already knew it. But the second movie, the big plot twist, is that um, the like head of the school where Tim's daughter goes to is actually a baby that's like wearing a robot suit that like walks around with it. And yeah, it, it's weird. But the twist on the season two finale of the Boss Baby back in business is that turtleneck superstar CEO baby is actually an old person who is married to Frederick, aka the lead of the old people in like the world. I so like she's uh, she's working from the inside as like secretly a baby, but actually an old person. And he's working from the outside as like actually an old person. And it's not like she grows or something when she says, have an old person. She's actually like a two feet tall and just wanders around like now with super old, like saggy skin and still a baby's body.
0: Huh. I hate that yeah. a lot. That's awful. I, it, was, it wasn't very good. It's not very good rachel this show is insane i i'm glad you're being exposed to it and not the rest of us maybe you can help take some of this evil from the world
1: i mean i'm to the point where i'm like two and a half seasons in like out of four seasons i feel like i need to finish it now like I, i i need to finish the beast that i started
0: Kudos, Rachel. you are doing you are doing the Lord's work. It, it seems like the first movie was pretty harmless and possibly even good at points, but it really does seem like this franchise just took a took a sharp left turn at some point. It absolutely went
1: off the rails. Like the fir- like I said, the first movie, I won't say it's good, but I will say it has some redeemable moments. And even beyond that, like the second, the, even the show and the second movie, have redeemable moments i will say they're not quite as redeemable as the first one like but they still have some moments of competent filmmaking it's just the lore of this this whole thing could only really stretch so much to fit this one two hours into it and when you tried to stretch the lore further to stretch the story and make more stuff fit in here it just like it's just like the balloon burst
0: I don't know I, I don't know what I was expecting, inviting you on, Rachel, but I think this was wilder than I could have possibly imagined.
1: Will I be invited back? That's, that's the real question, if is will I be invited back
0: other now? Other than the Boss Baby, if we invite you back.
1: Honestly, I have more Boss Baby to talk about. I can definitely, I can pull more together. I can You're, pull more
0: together. You are welcome back for anything but more Boss Baby, because quite frankly, I think my brain started leaking out my ears half an hour ago.
1: I told you I can go on a whole episode about whatever the naming
0: conventions are in this world because they don't make sense. You will be doing that episode alone. I, I don't I don't care or or we'll bring Katie back and make her deal with it because it's it's about time.
1: Maybe. We'll we'll make we'll make Katie deal with it instead since you've already gone through enough of this. I've
0: done my time. <laughs> well, thank you so much anyway for coming. No Rachel. problem. A, even even though it was it was a little bit uh, a little stranger than I thought, it was exactly as chaotic as, as I've come to expect from you. Uh, which Absolutely, always a pleasure to have a little bit of your chaotic energy. Um, so we we'll we may have you back at some point. Until then, keep doing all that good work behind the scenes. The show literally couldn't go on without you, and we appreciate all <laughs> the, the show
1: way- ended. <laughs> Oh, the the Boss Baby has ended, not this show. This show hasn't ended. I have not killed Cartoon Time Machine. Are you
0: cancelling us? I don't know if you have the power. I might. I might be cancelling us. Well, Uh, next is 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 our final episode of Cartoon Time Machine. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Scarlett, and with me is... Uh,
1: I'm Rachel and hopefully they'll invite me back at some point to talk about something that makes a little bit more sense. I do, I do have good taste. I promise. I just also have good taste for the chaotic.
0: We'll we'll wait another time for you to commandeer our cartoon time machine and take us to somewhere else. Interesting. But for now we'll, we'll ride it off into the sunset and I'm going to go have a drink. So we will see you all next time. Thanks again for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.